Welcome to Wellness Rebranded. We know there is so much conflicting health and fitness advice out there. And you're tired of the wellness fads, endless diets, and impossible standards that make you feel like nothing you do is ever enough. You're ready to tune into your mind and body and feel empowered around health. This is the Wellness Rebranded podcast. We're the healing trio here to help you redesign your relationships with food, fitness, and yourself. I'm Elizabeth, registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. I'm Maria, licensed mental health therapist. And I'm Tara, personal trainer. Together, we're changing the narrative on health away from diet culture, hustle culture, and toxic positivity and towards helpful self-care. So grab your water bottle and get ready to laugh, learn, and grow. And let's start rebranding your wellness journey. (laughs) Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Wellness Rebranded. This is Maria, and I'm here with Tara and Elizabeth again for a change. (laughs) (laughs) And... Tara is bringing up a really good topic today and is how to use fitness routines or how fitness routines can help you thrive through menopause and perimenopause. Yes. Such a hot topic too, I feel. Well, maybe because I am there, but... <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued too. So I've been working with a lot of people um, who have been experiencing some symptoms of menopause or perimenopause lately. Um, And it's kind of been emotionally like throwing people for a loop because the things that they used to do don't necessarily feel that good anymore or they're not getting the same results that they Mm -hmm. used to get. And you just can't sleep the same. Yes, and you just can't sleep the same. Um, You know, I'm not menopause yet, but I remember my mom Mm -hmm. having like hot flashes and Mm -hmm. nuclear winters and, you know... I feel like there's a whole physical side to menopause, right? Mm -hmm. Like our hormones change, our skin Mm -hmm. changes, our sleep is next to impossible to get. Mm -hmm. Um, Such a wave of changes at the same time. That's the thing. And I think the thing that's also like people don't necessarily talk about it a ton, but it also happens at a time in your life when often there are really big personal changes. Like yes. kids are leaving home, going off right. to college. Yeah. A lot of, it seems parents to, are aging. Yes. yes. I feel like it's a lot of changes going on with you at like a really terrible time. Yeah. Don't they call it like the sandwich generation? Yeah. Right? That you're like in the middle of so many things happening. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's also this huge mental component to menopause mm-hmm. um, that's probably driven by all the physical changes where you're not comfortable in your body necessarily anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you're probably cranky because you're not sleeping. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully nobody has like all these symptoms, but <laughs> <laughs> we're just kind of going through a couple of these. No, but it's, right? it's definitely a period where pe- women struggle with body image, like yes. in another pronounced way and, and food and eating. And also a period, I know this isn't what we're talking about, we'll do another episode on it. But when diet culture comes up in like a whole new way for people. Yes. I see that so Targeting often. women in menopause. I'm dealing with a lot of clients who are having, like, grief over, like, their old lost bodies. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you go through the loss of a person that you were before and things, like you said at the beginning, things that you were able to do before. Yeah. That's a loss, too. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I feel like menopause doesn't really get the, the press that it should because yeah. this is, like, a really crazy time in life yes. where we're dealing with a lot of things and the solutions that we hear about are just kind of like oh deal with it it'll be over soon mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um and women deserve better mm-hmm. agreed we agreed. need more than that so if you're really like anxious and depressed now 
fear not, I have a good solution for you. Um, weight training is not going to fix all the menopausal problems, but I'm not even kidding when I say it is as close to a magic pill as you're going to get. Um, it helps with a lot of stuff that we're dealing with. Um, it improves your energy levels which mm-hmm. is helpful if you're not sleeping well, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to improve strength, which is really super important. Um, it's going to help build confidence back. You guys know that's kind of my thing. Weight training builds confidence. Um, and at a time in your life when you're not feeling that confident because all of these physical changes have just happened or are happening or are about to happen and kind of might be happening right now, but we're not really sure yet, that's the one thing that can maintain like this constant Um, is that you're building your confidence back with your body's physical abilities, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, Not necessarily how your body looks, but how it performs. Right. Um, So it also is really great for, like, mood and depression. Mm -hmm. Um, That's one of the things that I think it's kind of overlooked when we talk about exercise. You know, it really is great for kind of boosting your mood, even if it's just a temporary thing, right? I would never be like, don't see a therapist for depression, just go lift some weights. Like, that's obviously not the answer. But it is also very helpful in addition to those things. Um, And that's especially important during menopause. Um, The really big concerns that we're looking at are sarcopenia and osteopenia. Mm -hmm. So those are big words for those of you that may not be familiar with that. I am not. Not with the first one. What is that? Sarcopenia is age-related muscle loss. Mm -hmm. Huh. So as we age, we do tend to lose muscle. This is just like the life cycle. Which is also why protein needs increase a little bit as we age. Yes. Um, Osteoporosis, osteopenia is like a weakening of the bones. It's not necessarily full-on osteoporosis yet, um, but it often leads to that. And this is really super important because um, osteoporosis is really, really prevalent in white and Asian women. Um, That's not to say that it doesn't exist in other populations, but if you don't fall into those categories, you probably don't need to do a ton of worrying about it. Um, But if you do, you should be concerned. Um, There are some really startling statistics about um, hip fractures and mortality rate. Mm, I know. Um, I have heard once, and I could not find research to corroborate this, but about 10 years ago, I took a class and the speaker said that There are more women that die every year in the United States due to complications from hip fractures than all of the female cancers combined. Wow. So I don't know if that data is still accurate, Mm -hmm. Um, but I do know that depending on your age after you have a hip fracture, there's like a 20 to 60% mortality rate in that first year, Um, which is crazy. It sounds nuts to think that like you might die of a broken bone. But something to look for. I mean, it's, it's important to know. Mobility is really, right. really important in aging populations. So if we lose that mobility because we have a broken hip, it is super common to see like a decline in all other aspects of health. Yeah. Well, and oftentimes a lot of these people have comorbidities, right? Mm-hmm. They might have other like mm-hmm. high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, all things mm-hmm. that are affected by mobility. Um, so that's why we see issues like that. 
So it makes me think maybe a little unrelated, but with COVID, for example, that I we didn't have much mobility as we did because we were at home for a while. Mm -hmm. Now people working from home. I think a lot of people are starting to see those changes of what the lack of mobility or less mobility than they had before is impacting their health and their emotions and all that, right? That change yeah. just in the activity level that, and I'm not saying exercise, it could be walking from your house to the car and then to the supermarket and then to da da da. That was less. <laughs> da, da, da. I love other, going to da da da. Right, to <laughs> other things. But um, it, it does impact, we don't realize it. I hear that a lot from clients that started working from home during COVID that they're just like, oh, I just don't even have any reason to do anything anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, like they just go from their bed in their jammies to their chair. Right. You know, work and then go to the couch and it's like mm -hmm. they haven't moved at all that day. Right. I was just talking with a client this morning who was, it's not COVID anymore, but she's working from home. And she was saying, I find myself not showering as often as I should be. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Many changes that uh -huh. you think yeah. about it sure, you know, yeah. came after that. Yeah. So the really good news about all of this is that weight training fixes both those issues. Mm -hmm. um, and the sooner you start it, the better. And both of those issues are mobility and... I was thinking sarcopenia and osteopenia. Oh, right. Okay, sorry. We... <laughs> sorry, like going back to what yes. we were talking about. <laughs> mm -hmm. So the, the, what you want to do is do a really smart program. Um, menopause and perimenopause are not the time to be like, oh, let me go, you know, try this like new thing that's super high intensity, super high right. impact. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to kind of not doing it into before. it. Yeah. yeah. If you were doing it, yeah. by all means, continue. Right. But if you're just starting, if you're listening to this mm -hmm. and going, oh, my gosh, I really should get started. Like you need to start slow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, go to the gym. Probably always, right? Whether you're in perimenopause or not. Yeah, you pretty Anytime much always you're starting slow. Yeah. But <laughs> you could have much worse results if you do it during menopause. <laughs> um, interestingly, there is a lot of research to suggest that high-impact exercise in menopause is really important. But I want to be super clear. You don't do this if you already have osteopenia or osteoporosis. Mm. If you already have that, don't do it. And probably just in general maybe a good idea to do it with... Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It's like definitely talk to a trainer um, or some sort of fit pro who's going to give you some guidelines. Like when I'm talking high impact exercise for menopause, I'm talking like box jumps on like a three inch box, mm -hmm. right? Just barely jumping a little bit mm -hmm. is where you start. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you should explain the difference between perimenopause and menopause. Yeah, we probably should. So perimenopause is that time before menopause when your menstrual cycle starts to kind of come in and out. You're not regular like you used to be, where some of these changes start happening, the sleep disruptions, the hormone changes, and then full menopause is when you have a complete cessation of the menstrual cycle. Right. For a year, I think. Yeah, I think it is for a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a year. Um, yeah. And also, I don't think you don't necessarily have to be experiencing changes in your period to be ha to be in perimenopause. Yes, that is true. Any of these symptoms kind of mm -hmm. count mm -hmm. towards being in perimenopause. That's a good point because every every body is different, mm -hmm. and myself included. There's no changes in the menstrual cycle, but I feel everything else. Yeah. Right. 
So, but sometimes even doctors that you go, it's like, oh, you're not in premenopause because you're getting your period every month. But I feel everything else, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe just find the person that by that logic, I've been in perimenopause right. since I was twelve. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> right. So, I mean, yeah. So the moral of the story here is you want to do some strength training. If everything is good to go, you want to do a little bit of high impact stuff specifically at the beginning of your workout don't mm -hmm. wait till you're already exhausted to start doing box jumps like do that in the beginning mm -hmm. um and you also want to do some pelvic floor um pelvic mm -hmm. floor exercises a lot of times during menopause we run into some pelvic floor issues maybe you had babies like 20 or 30 mm -hmm. years ago and now everything gravity is kind of taking its toll things are loosening up um ligament wise internally um, and we can have some like pelvic organ prolapse or just in general like leakage or pain. So adding in um, pelvic floor exercises is a great idea. One of my favorites is something called the connection breath. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll walk you through this just so you know what we're talking about here. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of like a new school Kegel. Okay. We don't really do Kegels that much anymore because people weren't differentiating whether they should do them really fast or really slow, um, how hard we need to squeeze. So and there was Kegels just in case that people, I think I know where it is. Kegels is basically where you just squeeze your pelvic floor yes. with no rhyme or right. reason to it. Okay. So what we're going to do with the connection breath is you're going to take a really deep breath in and I want you to relax your pelvic floor. So you should kind of feel everything down there getting like low and saggy. And then you're going to exhale and pull your pelvic floor up. Oh, I did it wrong. Okay. Everybody does it backwards. So you tighten up when you exhale. Yep. You tighten when you exhale. I feel like my body wants to do the opposite. It totally does. <laughs> it takes me forever to, like, teach this because everyone wants to go backwards. Well, but um, it makes sense if your belly is going in as, as it should when you exhale... And then when you inhale, your belly fills up. And yeah. You relax everything. Totally. Else. So a really good place to start I'm with pelvic. Have to practice that. It took me forever to get used to this too. A good place to start with this is like at the beginning or the end of your workout. I like it at the end because I'm kind of like mellowing out at that point. Um, would be to do like five or six reps of this. Just like any position, you can do it seated, standing, laying, mm -hmm. wherever you want. I actually recommend doing this during your reps too. Um, so on different exercises, especially oh. if you feel a lot of pelvic floor engagement, like a squat, as you rise, you would also like squeeze the pelvic floor. Oof, I'm going to have to practice that outside my squats first. <laughs> <laughs> True for most people. Um, I also recommend most people that are entering menopause, if you have issues with the pelvic floor, like go see a pelvic floor physical therapist. Right. You don't have to figure this out on your own. They have people that do internal stuff. They've got people that do only external stuff. Like any little bit of guidance you can get on that is going to be helpful. Mm -hmm. We know some great ones. Maybe we need to invite them on for an episode. Yes, that's what I was thinking too, mm -hmm. for sure. So um, guidelines for menopause exercise would be actually really similar to um, what I recommend for fertility and pregnancy. Mm -hmm. um, so we're looking for like two days a week of weight training, somewhere in that like 30 to 45 mm -hmm. minute range. It doesn't have to take forever. Um, and then walking as much as possible mm -hmm. or other cardio. If you love to like elliptical or swim or something, that's all great too. 
Um, but walking is really great because it's free and accessible to most people. You know what I really love that you can't seem to do anymore is step aerobics. <laughs> yeah, step I aerobics really enjoy great. that. I'm like, maybe I'm like the only person on the planet, but I've always found that fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're really coordinated, so you do find it fun. <laughs> <laughs> my my husband would laugh if he heard you say that. He thinks <laughs> I'm not coordinated at all. I took a step class once. It was like a certification thing, not to teach step, but it was like fitness conference um and there were probably like a thousand people in the room Mm -hmm. all doing step at the same time and they would flip around and face the other direction and i'd still be facing the front (laughs) and then i'd go oh my gosh and try to flip real quick and then they'd all be facing the other way and i was just like and then i tripped over my step and it like flew and hit the person in front of me like it was way to shake up the class disaster (laughs) yeah and amazingly there were so many people in that class that only like the 50 people around me probably noticed but that's so funny. Now, I'll tell you the thing I do not like, which I bet you really do, Maria, is Zumba. <laughs> now, that, that was my version of That's tripping the over the step. That's the thing ever, Elizabeth Zumba, yes. Both are great options for menopause. <laughs> Thank you, Tara, for keeping us on track. <laughs> good options for menopause. Do something that you enjoy. Um, and good luck finding a step class because, yeah, those pretty much don't exist anymore. <laughs> Just come to Zumba with me. Uh, yeah, well, I... Yeah, you you invite me when you need a good laugh. Okay. (laughs) And that's what I got. That's our menopause guidelines. We want to lift some weights, do some cardio, and see a pelvic floor therapist if we need one. I have created this awesome 12-week-long menopause workout. It's called Mastering Menopause. Um, It's a PDF, so it's super easy to download. I'm going to have... I'm going to link it in the show notes, um, and I would love for you guys to try it out, and then let me know if you love it or if you have questions. Sounds good. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. As always, if you enjoyed our conversation, we would be really grateful if you would leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts to help other people find the show. And if there is a topic you would like for us to chat about or um, talk about here on the podcast, please, please, please reach out. We are all on Instagram, on Facebook. You have our email addresses in the show notes. We would love to hear from you and give you guys episodes that you want to hear about. So feel free to keep it or make it a two-way conversation. Have a great day.